Guys, welcome to a special edition of The Speed Zone. I'm Adam. I'm Russ. And we're here to talk about the latest release and the most amazing animated film I've seen from DC, The Killing Joke. Batman, The Killing Joke. Russ? Well, I would say it's probably the first one I've seen in quite some time. Uh, it just wasn't a disappointment in some way. Um, there's just so many of them that come out right now, they just kind of skew a little too far to the right, a little too far to the left. They just they just bob and weave a little too much. This was, it, once we got into the killing joke, was just on point with the book itself. Well, let's let's little touch base on that, because we didn't get into the killing joke till about 30 minutes in. And so we saw something that you, know, you and I discussed was a little bit of a DC short that you know, a lot of fans, a lot of comic viewers have been waiting for it for a very long time. Just call it what it was, man. It was a prequel. It was a but prequel was to a, the story of Batgirl. It was an unsolicited prequel. It was, had I known that that was, like, there was some, but I mean, we're slightly confused as to the first 28 and a half minutes. Well, what the hell is going well, on? For viewers who don't, who have not read The Killing Joke, they would have no idea why the story's in place. It would just be a fantastic movie all the way through. Yeah, no, I agree. But for those of us who have read the comic and grew up with this and have waited for this rendition, we were just like, what the hell are you doing? And then it got to the point where, like, uh, okay, because Batman needed an excuse to go to Arkham. It made sense by the end of it. Now, first let's get into what it was in and oh, of itself. It was the a love story with Batman and Batgirl, I, which... I. Okay, I touched on this, and I know I had to remind you, but Batman Beyond touched on this, that there was a relationship between Bruce and Barbara, and a little bit in Batman the Animated Series. Uh, I'm, I will say, it caught me slightly by surprise, only because... <laughs> okay, look, okay, Bruce Wayne, billionaire playboy, we all know this, right? He's always seemed to keep up the illusion of what he does as Batman. Uh, goes on, I mean, superstar models, the, you know... The creme de la creme of women in the world. He's a playboy. He's got to be having a lot of sex. He can't just be sending these girls home. Other people are going to start to talk. You know what I mean? There's going to be some whispers in the shadows. But Batman having a sexual encounter. I can only think of two. There's Talia and there's Catwoman. That's it. This put a very poignant, rather striking love scene between the two of them. Well, let's, let's touch on... The fact that Batgirl, in the beginning of this, got her butt kicked, and something something you'd never think you'd see Batman do. So, he brings her coffee on the roof. So, Russ... Batgirl feeling a little down, just sitting there kind of mopey. Just bring some coffee? Something I never thought in the world I would ever see is Batman here. bringing someone coffee for the night shift. Now, here's my first question. When you go into a Starbucks and you see fucking Batman order a coffee, <laughs> do you think he's crazy? Do you think it's real? Do, what I guess the fuck be, does he order? I guess that would be the point. Like, how did Batman come up with a coffee in, like, I mean, did he pop into 7-Eleven and use a little, I mean, like, make his own little, uh, little cafe creamer there? Does he go in, I'll have the usual. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how uh, does Batman pay for a coffee? The Bat Card. I mean, as, really, as Batman versus Robin. Then again, if or you were the guy, if you were the guy working at the counter at Starbucks, would you actually charge Batman for a coffee? I think I'd be too afraid to. I'd just be shaking the coffee in his hands. Do you call him Mister? I mean, I guess Mister Batman. Man. No, Mister Man. Excuse me, Batman. Your latte, Batman. Well, being a comic smartass, <laughs> I'd probably just say, "Hey, Bruce, 
Oh, oh shit! Please don't kill me. Um, okay, so that that was that was just a rather comical yeah. little bit that we both had a little. We had a chuckle about. I, th- I think everybody had a lot of fun with that one. Going but, back, going back to, you know, Batgirl just throwing Batman down, so, handing him, and just going for the business, man. She was going to get herself a little bit of bat dick. That straight up, <laughs> she just there was no ifs ands. There was no hesitation in her at all. You know what? She was getting that. And, and you know what? I think we saw the first glimpse of Batman truly being like everybody else. Because simply, Batman just had sex and won't talk to the girl he had sex with. Later. He totally gave her that. He gave her, later, babe. It was a, I mean, he. It was straight, it was straight frat boy. And I think my favorite thing in the world is, she got so upset. She goes, it's just sex, Bruce. man. It's just sex, Bruce. Can you just relax for five minutes? She goes, it was nice. But the whole, the whole point of this Batgirl short was to show Batman that, you know, it's not just about fighting crime. It's about it again did what people. DC does really well is that it adds it adds that that psychological connection. And that was Batman's little kind of awakening. And that was, I guess, at the end of the day, that was the entire point of that prelude. Why would Batman go to Arkham to sit down and try to rationalize with Joker? We don't have to end up in this fate that we have drawn up. We to don't ourselves. have to kill each other. And that's a, we we're trapped in this circle. This is our fate. But it doesn't have to be. Exactly. So, in, in at the end of the day, when they got into the killing joke, it was I totally understood it. But there was a good half an hour there where I was that like, I, I have was... no idea why they're doing this. I, I I honestly just kept looking at you like, are we gonna see this? So I think, dude. I mean, it did give it gave the animators, it gave the writers, um, it just a little bit of creative freedom to explore that. Why? I mean, the killing joke is Batman shows up at Arkham and he goes, you know what? We don't have to do this. I just want to know that I I put forth an effort because we're gonna kill each other. Yes. But I want to think, can we not? Now, we got into the killing joke, and I, I, it was absolutely perfect. I, the animation, the voice acting, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill was It was so really good. Oh, Ben's been dying for that. I mean, Mark Hamill, the highlights of the killing joke, aside from the visual aspect to it, it you got to give it to, they, they just really were so poignant with highlighting Mark Hamill's ability to give those speeches as the Joker. So just just emotion invoking. Now, talking about the emotion of this, I you pointed this out and it it struck me the same. The pivotal moments, Barbara Gordon getting shot and you know, the the Joker finds out that his wife, wife is, is dead. dead. They breezed right over those. That kind of bothered me because it wasn't because those are pivotal moments that need to those are gut wrenching. And Those you point out, it, it stuck to me when 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 Barbara gets shot. It is it even in the book. Yeah. It is a slow moving, emotional sequence. And then and the, in this, the like she just kind of gets shot and she falls backwards. Like and oh, then the shit. whole scene progresses. And I go when there's really nothing to, you know, the Joker being told that his wife is dead. It it happens almost in passing. You don't even hear it really. The the cops take him out in the hallway and he comes back and goes, oh yeah, she's dead. Well, he didn't okay. say it like that. But, but that's kind of what you get out of it versus... Yeah, but the mentality at the end of the whole thing was... I, I loved the end. Batman and the Joker <clears throat> talking it out and having a good laugh. Yeah, it was a funny joke. It was a funny joke. Coming from a crazy person. And, <laughs> and the fact that we've seen nothing but a gruesome, nasty... 
in the abyss. He said it himself. He's gone into the abyss. Batman. Well, see, this again, like, I am I was, I grew up a Marvel guy. I, I do, I love DC. I like the characters, but I was always. I didn't. I was always, I, didn't I was always that. more of a Marvel guy. Um, as I got older, what I do, I, I love the aspect of DC for, for one key thing that they just do extraordinarily well. Mind fucking? They, yes. They deal with the fractures of a human psyche. At what point can a human being push so far that his mind just snaps? snaps. And that's what they always focus on, in particular with Batman and with the Joker. That is the whole point of the two of them. The Joker has snapped. Batman has snapped. They've created alter egos and personas, and they explore those paths. So for me, the only real criticism I would have of it is that for those key moments, the Joker found out his wife is dead. He he showed really no much. There, there was no... There, there should have been a, I mean, an almost a, montage and just, and But visually speaking, from oh. an animated standpoint... It was you, perfect. But for those pivotal moments, oh, no. there was no slowdown. No. There was no hype or muting of the color. It, it just, they just, it's like the train kept going now, until Mark Hamill came on as the Joker to do any sort of his little je ne sais quoi speeches and just blew up the screen in so the greatest I, way possible. After watching this, I had actually seen online somebody had done a recolor of the actual trailer to this to make it look more like Alan Moore's comic. Yeah. Now, that was the fade to red, right? That was the that fade was the to one red. Where it, like frame by frame, like, <laughs> and then and then it steadily yeah. gets like a darker, yes. darker red. And it slowed. I really, yeah. I mean, I really I, liked I that. I loved that. And you know what? Bringing in a little bit of the the comic aspect, graphic novel aspect, is not a bad thing. I mean, if it's continuous throughout yeah. the story, but I mean, you can't just do it for one scene. So I do understand that. I do. Before we go, I wanted to bring up. Um, there is. So many wonderful Easter eggs. So many oh. tipping of the hat, paying a little homage to all the different creators and writers and and animators and illustrators the of the Joker past. With the Batman on the screen, yeah, there's a little Harley Jack Quinn Ni- in there. You had Jack Nicholson, the Jack Nicholson selling the his beach. sunscreen on the beach. Um, you know, then I mean, just throughout, there was always. I mean, the, they bought the old Batmobile, made a little oh, guest yeah. special they appearance in there. They actually showed the Batmobile. It looked like the same that design. front, like the front sliding door. You actually get to see that what like twelve cylinder extra long hood when he. This pulls. is the animated series one, folks. You know what I'm talking about. So I mean, and there's throughout the whole film, just just go back, rewatch it. You could probably watch it five times and not see. There's Everything. just so many tiny little just tipping of the hat. To people who have done Batman in the past. And you know what? I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And we got a little sneak peek about Justice League Dark that's coming. The next animated feature. I, I'm, I'm interested in that because that's always my cup of tea, man. When you're starting to get into the mysticism. Um, I love those storylines. I like the way that they you can just spin those, man. I just like that they're going in a different direction and showing us n- not just the good side of DC now. They're showing us Suicide Squad. They're showing us Justice League Dark. I'm really excited to see what's it's next. It's a good time to be a DC fan. Because um, you get to see all these characters. Like I said, DC's always been good with just dealing with the, the, the fragile sensibility of the human psyche. And if you can go bad, how bad can you really go? You know, good guys are often bad. And you know, DC's just finally getting to explore all these fucking wonderful aspects and just blow it up. Well, I'm going to say this review. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five, dude. It it was nearly perfect without those pivotal moments. If those pivotal moments, were I'm fixed. gonna go. I'm gonna go a little four out of five on that one. Okay. Um, I would I would give it more if 
there. I, I really enjoyed I, the prequel. If, if but I, I, I did too. It was just it caught me. It was me a out of place. It was a little. I mean, I think that they could have like just prepped you a little bit for it. Of, I mean, there wasn't a hint of that in no, anything I not read. Not at all. Not even in the um, trailer. I absolutely enjoyed it. I think. Oh, it, yeah. it did complement the Killing Joke very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the way that the they just breezed over some of the the more emotional moments um, to get more to the Joker and Mark Hamill doing what he does best, apart from being Luke Skywalker, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, just Please. fantastic all across the board. Um, I'm going to give it four out of five for sure. Um, yeah, that'd be my two cents right there. Fantastic. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been another edition of The Speed Zone. I'm Adam. I'm Russ. Thanks for joining us.